On this episode, Gwenna confesses that vanilla is too spicy, and I lament the thickness of drywall. Together, we discuss our successes and struggles in maintaining intimacy in our relationship. Disclaimer, we are not experts in any particular field. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical or legal advice. Welcome to the 9 O'Clock, the podcast about maintaining your relationship without messing up your kids. I'm Jackson Lathlin. I'm Gwenna Lathlin, and I forgot to turn off my phone. <laughs> so chiming. it's over there chiming, and I can't reach it right now. Also, also, if you are regular listeners, how are you enjoying my sexy phlegm? It sounds like you've been on tour. Yeah. Not a book tour, but like a, like a vocal tour, like, a, like singing. Like I've blown out my vocal cords. Yeah. Yep. I have not. Uh, we are actually on the tail end of a nasty respiratory illness. Thankfully, not COVID. Like we tested and it wasn't COVID. It's right. just... A nasty bit of yuck, and uh, it has absolutely decimated my throat. So I feel fantastic. I sound like I'm actively unaliving. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's tech the kids. It's I seem like the only one that's kind of escaped. Really, you better knock on some wood or something, buddy. You're not in the clear. Because you haven't gotten it yet. There's no real wood near us. <laughs> um, so I was thinking today, uh, we've we've had some questions in the past about uh, intimacy. Yes. Uh, while while especially being fresh parents, and so slight slight disclaimer: we are going to be talking about intimacy. This is not necessarily an NC-17 or X-rated podcast, but it's going to be rated R. So if you normally listen to kids, we're going to be, l- listen to kids, listen with, with kids. kids. <laughs> you maybe want to preview this episode the rest of the way before letting your littles listen to it as we may broach some topics that maybe you're not ready for that conversation yet. And that's okay. But if you normally listen with your kids, maybe give it a listen before having them with you. Right. But yeah, Intimacy. My phone's still going off. Hold on. Pause. Okay, that that problem solved. So intimacy. Um, now this is not just defined as knocking boots. Like most of the time, when people use the word intimacy, they they really mean sex, right? But as far as a relationship goes, the word intimacy is a lot broader reaching than that, right? So it's not just intimate alone time but it's also those intimate moments where you make a physical connection um where you say good things to each other where you encourage or uplift each other um those are all intimate moments that i think for any couple at any stage are really really important to do i say i think as if there isn't like science behind this right there there is like it's it's all yeah it's all important good functional happy couples experience a good level of intimacy but that is insanely complicated when you add kids to the mix because those bastards are so needy yeah i i feel like in the last few years and and i've begun to experience it since i've begun to work from home uh the constant need for attention and no knock on them that's their little that's it's that's it's their job have. right yeah. But the constant having someone touching you all day long makes it difficult to desire that later on. 
Right. Does that make sense? Right. Like, even if you know it's going to feel very different, it's, it's when for me, and I cannot say that this is a universal experience, but especially in the days of the pandemic, we, we heard the term touched out a lot. Right. But for me, that has always been a state of existence. Like I am not just, I don't just not need physical touch. I actually recoil from it (laughs) in most in most instances. Yeah. Like I don't like to be touched. Leave me alone. That's kind of, that's kind of been the, uh, that's kind of been your MO since we met. Um, it's been my MO since I was little. <laughs> you, uh, you were actually taken aback when we, when we really started dating because I was a hugger at the time. Oh, your whole family. Yeah. I love your family now. I am still, it's been a decade and I'm still just awkward because your mom goes in for the Southern, like, cheek touch kisses and yeah. like i don't know how to handle these like what is the etiquette here you just stiffen up and let her do all the work pretty much that's all i do <laughs> uh yeah it's it, that's always been a thing in our family for some reason i don't know why but and i'll be honest it's it's actually been more of a thing on my mother's side of the i was family, gonna say not on my father's side you no, know, your dad gives hugs but i think it's because he was with your mother for so long that he just got used to it and he's still not any better at it. No, I think it's later than that. Uh, Cause he really wasn't a hugger when we were younger. It's only been since we've gotten, I don't know, past our teenage years, which they had been divorced by then. Um, Really it's, it's been in the last, well, since about the time I met you that he started becoming a hugger. A hugger. Uh, he's, he's, he's as awkward as I am about it. Yeah. I think it's more of the grandkids. Yeah. Because by the time you and I met, I mean, he, he had a couple of grandkids. Now he's got a whole... A whole gaggle of them. Platoon. Um, But yeah, that's that's really... So I guess when he became a grandpa was when he decided maybe hugs are a thing. Maybe, maybe hugs are a thing. But yeah. Now, now that being said, despite not liking touch, when the kids are home, someone's constantly touching me. Yes. So it's not just because I don't like it doesn't mean I don't allow it. Especially for the kids who I don't need to make my dislike of being touched their problem like they need the physical intimacy with their parents it's it it goes back to our uh our our phrase uh about the podcast yeah maintaining your relationship without messing up your kids that's that's a big part of it is uh you as a parent you you deal with that yeah and and i say that in all niceness you deal with it Mm mm-hmm uh, because you know it's for their benefit. It's for their benefit. But, but you do get to a point where you need some some personal time, some alone time. Right. And not even like physically alone in a room. Just stop touching me. Just be over there. I you can be in the same room. space for a little while. <laughs> but that ends up directly affecting you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like I don't want anybody touching me. And that includes you, um, which is unfair. I will say this. It was a little more off-putting early on. Did you get used to it? It's not that I got used to it. It's that I reasoned my way through it. Yeah. I mean, first of all, talking to you about it. Yeah. Um, And and I considered your perspective on that, and it made sense to me. And mm-hmm. then it made even more sense once I became a work-from-home. Yeah. And I had the same... Uh, Do you still have a bruise on your shoulder? You had a bruise on your shoulder because when in the evenings, when the kids will sit and watch a little bit of Bluey before bed, 
the girl child would take an elbow and just lean oh. on the same spot right under your collarbone. Yeah. And it bruised you for a while. Just because every moment that elbow was dug into that, that spot on your shoulder. My favorite one is I have a permanent lump on my chest. Yeah. Where there, there were a head. Constantly. Back, yeah. Hit, yeah. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing is, is I, I love that feeling of them wanting to be close. And I love that they're comfortable around us. Like, right. like we feel safe to them. So they right. want to be close to us. And it's called to secure us. attachment. Yeah. It's, it's a good feeling. Sure. But yeah, it, it, as, as time has gone on, I completely understand now what your feeling was yeah. as far as, uh, not wanting to be touched after 7 p.m. Right. Now, it's easy for us to uh, to blame just the littles for our disconnect. And, and in recent years, really in the last probably four, so just, just a little bit before the littles were born, um, draping into my pregnancy, our intimacy has been a struggle on all fronts. Um. Partially because of what we were just talking about, because of mm-hmm. constantly being touched out, but also partially because we also have a preteen who has now become a teenager. Yep. And her room is separated from our room by two impossibly thin pieces of drywall. That's it. Yeah. So anybody out there who, uh, who was a teenager at one time with uh, intimate parents... Can probably remember that that trauma yeah <laughs> i do um uh, hopefully my mother doesn't listen to this episode but yes i do <laughs> um now i i don't remember what i thought of it at the time anymore right so obviously it wasn't like long-term trauma but right but i do i do at least recall being uncomfortable yes by it and i don't think they were aware unfortunately we are aware Yes. And that does make it difficult for either of us to get into the mood. Right. To try to do something. And then the logistics of trying to do something. Right. Um, it doesn't. Right. But by the time we've got time um, to do anything. And again, not even the NC-17 X-rated stuff. Just cuddle in bed. Just a little light spooning. By the time everyone has quieted down and we can focus on being present with each other. Uh, we're just bone tired and we're like, oh no, Good. Yeah. it doesn't help that for other reasons, we don't even sleep technically in the same bed. We have a, we have a split. We have a split King. Yeah. So we have our own twin size bed. Now for those out there who are wondering the reason for the split King and, and some couples will find this, uh, useful is the ability to adjust yeah. either side. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we have a sleep number bed and this is not a sponsored, no sponsored thing. Uh, could be if, if you work with sleep number, drop us an email. Um, but no, we have a sleep number bed and, and we have different sleep needs and we position it differently. Um, recently I've been sleeping almost upright because of the cough Yep. and your back would, could just absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's it, right. it makes sense as a couple in and approaching their 40s uh, for this particular bed. But it also does not make sense for a couple who is still, who's who's admittedly struggling with intimacy. Like, that's one more obstacle. We can't just lay in the center of the bed. 
because there's a grand friggin' canyon down there. When and you know what makes me it begs the question because aside from aside from that, this has been one of those years where pretty much since the beginning of the year, someone in the family has been sick has or been injured. Sick or injured, yeah, yeah. The entire. So we're into April now. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at mid-April, and I don't, I can't recall maybe one week, right, where someone it. wasn't sick or yeah. injured. Yeah, yeah. So that that aside, that's not an excuse or anything like that. Um, well, right, because because our our lack of intimacy has stretched well beyond just 2022. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it's the. Uh, the other thing that it it makes me wonder about is uh as as far as the the lack of intimacy just in general um it it's not it, it's not something that's caused any issues honestly it hasn't caused no. a rift or anything between us no i think um, i think partly because we are both very aware of that gap right. and so we're not playing the blame game oh well he he's no longer interested in me. He doesn't want to touch me. You know, he, he doesn't want to spend any kind of kind of quality time with me like that. Um, something must be wrong. No, no, no. We've been very open about, look, this is why I don't want you to touch me. Or this is why I've struggled to make that connection. Or this is what's happening. That's presenting an obstacle that I don't know how to overcome right. about our own intimacy levels. And since that's been a very open two way communication, we're both aware that we want to achieve a higher level of intimacy with each other. Right. And we're both aware of each other's struggles, not just the being touched out, but it's also um, the health issues. Like someone's constantly sick. It's the timing. It's the interruptions. Right. Honestly, there's even a part for me that um, my physical being, my, my body and health, um, my size presents a struggle for me um and it's all mental like it's not a physical one but i am in my own head of i don't want me how does he want me <laughs> which is unfair yeah i get that yeah, yeah. but, but that, I, I can sympathize I, yeah um now i will i will come back to the other side of that and say though that uh, i do think there are some things that we are very intimate about it may not necessarily be a physical intimate intimacy right on we never shut level, up no, we're we. If they say communication is key, we got that down. We're got we're good. Uh, we, we have an entire podcast that we make about communicating with yeah. each other. Yeah, the concept was we used to take nine o'clock and use that as our time to communicate, but now right. we do it all day long. All day long. It's uh, it's a constant thing, and and have done that for a couple of years now. I more than that. I don't yeah. think there's ever been a point in our relationship where we haven't been exceedingly good. At communication. Right. Um, which, you know, toot our own horn. But uh, how did we achieve that? I don't know. I think that's just who we are as people. I, yeah. I, maybe some life experiences got us to that point. A certain amount of uh, maturity for I us. I don't know. Like individual maturity. Because here's the thing is relationships are work. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't feel like I've ever had to work at communicating with you. No. Now, I have made some conscious decisions to say or not say things, but that hasn't been work. That's just been thinking about what I'm going to say, how it's going to impact you, and whether it's something that needs to be said or needs to be kept quiet. Right. Um, 
because communication is not always saying everything that comes to mind. Right. Sometimes communication is the discernment to not say a stupid. Yeah, that makes sense. So my question to you is, are there any, have you thought this through to the point where you can think of things that we can do to improve on those deficits? Uh, That's, I don't know. No, I guess that's the magic question. Yeah, no, I like, (laughs) I think, I feel like if I had a, a, a sound answer to that, we wouldn't be at a point where we're discussing. I suppose what we could do is strip away the, uh, uh, I don't want to call them excuses, but the reasons. Right. So the, uh, the kids are in school now. Right. In, in a version of school. Um, so during the daytime, yes, we still have work stuff to do, but neither of us are particularly touched out through the day. Right. So the, the touch thing is no longer an issue at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I can't do anything about the wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> Being too thin. Right. I guess I could soundproof the room, but that's not going to help. Uh, what else? What are some other... She just walks in. What are you doing? Nothing. Go away. We have a lock on her door. Right. Wrestling. Yeah, uh, no. Every kid ever has definitely bought that story when they caught their parents in the act. I got that story. Did you really? I did. From my dad. I did. Did you really? I was maybe seven or eight, but I remember it enough to remember his answer. That was a panic answer. That's all that was. It was. It just came out of his mouth. Uh, we were wrestling. Um, okay. Yeah. Just having fun. Get out. <laughs> were you naked, Dad? Oh, God, the awkwardness. Okay. Yeah, that was. See, luckily, my parents divorced when I was like seven. So, like, didn't I didn't have that encounter. I didn't have that encounter. <laughs> I think most people, I can't say most people, I think a lot of people have. Uh, yeah. So looking back on it now, I'm like, eh, it's funny. Right. Like I, I can laugh about it now. Right. At the time I was like, eh. Uh, that was a fascinating my... sound, by the way. Yeah. It was, it, it was a mixture of like face distortion with right, distortion. Right. Yeah. The super effective for a podcast. <laughs> it's a fascinating sound you just made. That's all right. <laughs> uh, so s- solutions. No, there's nothing we can do about the wall, but um, we can dissociate that level of intimate time with nighttime. I am super guilty of assuming that all of those activities from the cuddles to the more in-depth versions need to take place after dark. I don't know why that is. Well, I it's, it's because up until this point for a lot of us, that was the only time. Right. Once the kids went to bed. Yeah, essentially. So, uh, all parents, I think, most parents stay up after their kids. Right. And and for very good reasons. That's oftentimes when the you get the only your time, time to yeah. be an adult. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's something that's absolutely well and and aside from the uh the sex intimacy part of it, which I think is what you were hinting at. Yeah. Um, there are things we can do to consciously just be more physical. Mm-hmm. Um yes, a hug every now and then. Yeah. And and while it seems it's like, eh, I wouldn't notice if if you didn't do it, but the conscious decision to do it right. also presents the idea that you're you're intentionally being more physical. Well, and, and that's good for both of us. That's uh, not just good for both of us. I mean, if we're talking about maintaining a relationship while not messing up our kids, uh-huh. I they feel like it. they yeah they need to see what a stable 
intimately healthy relationship looks like. And that is, you know, dad would walk into the kitchen and smack mom's ass. Um, and it was playful and it was, you know, he clearly had consent to do this and that's just, that's how they existed. And while it may have been an awkward memory at the time, it, it's ultimately a really good way for kids to see, oh, this is how successful couples operate. Right. Instead of, instead of looking at mom and dad or, or parents and parents, right. You know, why? Why do they avoid each other? Why don't they, right. you know, why don't they ever hug? Why don't they ever like, and, and it's one of those things where from their perspective, I can even see it with us is we give them all the hugs, right. right? But they never really see us hug each other. Right. So, I mean, if ultimately our job is to not just to get them to adulthood, but to get them to happy, healthy, stable independence, part of that is we have the benefit of being in a healthy relationship. We can show them how to be in a healthy relationship right? up to and including how we are intimate with each other in a non-sexual way. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's, I don't want to, and I don't, I don't want this to sound wrong, but I don't want like television right. to be how they learn what a, a proper relationship looks like as far see, as. See, I, I am product to, of what it is to not have any example um, of how to relationship. Right. Um, my parents divorced when I was like, they, they divorced in 92 or 93. So I was seven, seven eight, nine, eight, something yeah. like that. We're in there. And my mom did the best she could with what she had at the time. And that involved the decision to only focus on me and her job. Like that's all she had the mental capacity, the emotional capacity to handle now i've never really I've, I've never really had this conversation with her but to my understanding she never even dated after no. that right she didn't she date. never looked at another person and no and there there were really as an adult looking back as an adult who has been divorced looking back i can see that there were very nuanced multifaceted reasons right for not dating but the bulk of it was me um she had only so much capacity, only so much time, only so much energy. And if she wasn't at work or maintaining the house or paying the bills, whatever was left was dumped into me and my academics and my extracurricular pursuits and my, my development. Yeah. Well, my older brother has kind of done the same thing. Now, obviously he's not as, uh, we'll say seasoned as your mother. Right. Um, but he, he has a, a child through divorce right. or, or with, uh, after divorce, uh, and he's pretty much raised her alone and he made mm -hmm. the decision not to really get serious and date anybody. And my know, f on one hand, I, I, I'm glad that he has devoted the time to right. her that he has. And he's made that a very important thing. Dating with kids can be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I think she's benefited from it. I think she has. I but. also, I also feel like, cause again, I was on that other side when it came time for me to figure out how to be in a relationship. I had zero frame of reference, right. none whatsoever. I had what Hollywood showed me and that's it. And we all know, I know now that Hollywood is nothing but absolute lies. 
That's not how a relationship works ever, ever. Um, There's no fairy tale endings. That does not mean that there are no happy endings. Um, It doesn't mean, now that's, that's not to say in some Hollywood films that there aren't moments. Right. There are moments that it gets really close. And, and sometimes they can be moments that are even a little bit inspiring, but right. But yeah, as a whole art imitates life. Sure. But on the whole, really unrealistic representation of what it is to be in a relationship of how to communicate of how to be intimate. Right. So I had zero frame of reference. Um, and so I, I felt very much like I was kind of making it up and I very much fell victim to falling in love with the idea of love. Yeah. I've, I've heard that saying before. I don't remember where, but I don't, I, I didn't come up with it, but I agree with it though. I, well, I, I think, and I don't know if other teenagers felt the same thing, but when I started to, when I was a teenager and started to become aware of relationships and like a desire for a relationship. Well, when you say relationship, are you meaning a relationship or are you meaning sex? Was it your hormones or your emotions? Well, okay. So for me, uh, I fell in love with the idea of having a girlfriend and it was both. I mean, I, I did want to have sex, but I also, I also had another part of my brain that separated that too. And, and longed for the companionship, right? Even as a teenager. And I'm talking 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that age. Now, by that time you did have two, what turned out to be really positive relationship models because both of your parents pretty promptly got into relationships that were better for both of them. Yeah. Their second marriages, they're still in them. Yeah. It, it, that took me a while to, uh, to come to grips with, but yeah, that's, that's, they've only been, either of them have only been divorced the one time from one another. Right. And they've stuck it out with the other. And and you're right. Uh, my stepdad is better for my mother than my, my biological dad. Right. And, and your stepmom yeah. is way better for your dad yep. than your mom ever was. Like, I'm super glad they got together because you and your brothers, well, you're kind of nifty, I guess, but <laughs> we're keen. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> we're neat. <laughs> glad I could accomplish that for you. You're a neat guy. Um, but the, the relationship with four flawed human beings among them I could not, I don't think if I were given God mode of the universe, would I be able to find a better match for your mom than your stepdad and a better match for your dad than your stepmom. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where when you see them now, if you believed in fate or any of those things, you would think, uh, fate took a while. No, no here. Okay. So this is fascinating because I have thought long and hard about this. Um, your parents absolutely had to marry and be miserable with each other (laughs) to become the people that were good for their actual partners. Um, I don't know that I believe in the idea of soulmates. That's one of those nebulous areas that I think thinky thoughts on, and I've never really committed to a belief structure there. But if you believe in the idea of soulmates, your parents found theirs, right? Just not in each other. Is that kind of the idea of uh, you kind of have to experience some adversity to yeah. understand what's good, yeah. in the no. world or something like that? I absolutely, 
I do not regret my relationship with my first husband who was abusive, neglectful, narcissistic, and really effed me over good in so many ways. Yeah. I had to do that. I had to do that to become the woman that you would eventually fall in love with, marry, and make a goofy podcast with. <laughs> yeah, so, that makes sense. That's I uh and I had my uh my fair share of uh I don't know if I would say I had any real serious relationships before you. And and that's no, this is I think you did. Back, this is looking back on it like yeah, maybe I thought they were serious at the time, but they were never as serious as they are with you. But without those relationships, it, it's the experience. It it yeah. It builds you toward what you're actually like. It helped direct and guide me into who I would become. Yeah. No, I think I think I think you had some serious relationships. I think if you compare it to ours, yes, it seemed very casual, um, very ill-defined, but. That doesn't change that at the time, the girl right before me, oh, she had you in every sort of knot. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, this is true, especially if you ask any of my friends around that time. Oh yeah. She you had have. you. I've, I've heard it all. Uh, uh, your former roommate at one point, uh, was a little in his cups and thanked me for not being her. <laughs> I haven't heard that. That's funny. Yep. Yep. He's, he was a little tipsy and, uh, he thanked me profusely for not being your ex-girlfriend. That's funny. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. But you know what? That was, uh, that was another one of those learning experiences that, but that uh, was, that, that was a serious relationship, uh, from tell that was a serious relationship for you. That was not a serious relationship for her, which was part of the problem. Now, here's the thing is I think it was, but it was not, it was not a serious intimate relationship. She was getting something else from the relationship that mm. I, I was not aware at the time because I was in the middle of it that right. she was getting that, that I was not. So wait, you've always struggled with intimacy in your relationships? Uh, no, no, that's not the case at all. <laughs> well, the define relationship, I guess in that case, cause, uh, as a touring musician, no intimacy was not a problem. That was not intimacy. <laughs> it was for me. That was sex. <laughs> and a lot of it um well and and it should be it should be noted i differentiate between intimacy sex and intimate sex yeah. um were i not on a podcast that needs to be sensitive to language that second one the one that i'm calling sex that has a different name for it that rhymes with muck <laughs> Um, so you can muck around with someone and have zero intimacy in it. And that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a normal behavior. Um, you can be intimate some with someone and remain fully clothed and, uh, never actually engage in any sort of sexual act and you can have intimate sex. Yeah. So those are three very distinct categories so with those very distinct categories when you were a touring musician was there very much intimate sex going on or were you mucking around i would say primarily mucking around there but there i i, I would be it would be honest for me to say yes there were a couple a of couple them intimate sex intimate yeah that's fine um like they had we not been from different states they could have been girlfriends i'll put it that way okay that makes sense and and 
saw them, you know, more than once. Like anytime we came through town, we'd meet up. Right, right. And that's not the only thing we did when we met up. Uh, genuinely liked them, but uh, yeah, that was. Um, prior to that, I guess I technically my first girlfriend, the one I lost my virginity to. Yeah, you could say that was an intimate relationship. That, that for me it was for for yeah because I no I think I think for her too. No, knowing your story there, <laughs> I know. But no, knowing your story there and knowing yeah. the uh, the boundaries that she was willing to discuss with you. By the way, the fact that you know the story of not only my first girlfriend, but of me losing my virginity. Yeah. Uh, this is why this into, is called yeah communication. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So you were saying the. Yeah, the, even from her point of view. Even from her point of view, that was an intimate relationship. Yeah, it, it's definitely not the type of relationship that you would enjoy now. Uh, for reference, his first girlfriend was um, experimental in her intimacy preferences. Yeah. Um, and while she was willing to explore that with Jack, Jack learned um in one fell swoop he is not that experimental in his intimacy preferences no nope no judgment on that girl whatsoever cuz you know i am not going to yuck somebody's yum but you do have to have a partner that is equally into the same flavor of yum um jack learned he was not yeah now i to give her credit i let her know and she did not try again Right. With, with that. So, and that ultimately that might've been part of the downfall I mean, that and the fact that we were young. Right. Um, right. But I, maybe, maybe what she was seeking was somebody who was more experimental and I was not. And so after that moment, that might've been the turning point. For right. Us. Because in full disclosure, um, the term vanilla is probably a little too spicy for both of our preference levels. <laughs> Um, so almond, maybe. Oh, no. What's I'm saying with some sort of freak. What's more, uh, what's softer than vanilla mayonnaise? (laughs) No, I think mayonnaise is sharp. It's got a tang to it. No, you're thinking of Miracle Whip. (laughs) I think mayonnaise does too. To me, it does. It's got an oniony. Um, I don't, I don't know what's water, water. (laughs) We have. We have water preferences. Um, but yeah, but actually, then, now that we're talking about it, do you think that's why? Because our intimate sex tastes run so very mild. standard, very mild. Do you think that affects our ability to be intimate outside the bedroom? Because our intimacy maybe, needs are, are incredibly low in the bedroom? Maybe that's inverted. Maybe our intimacy levels outside of the bedroom affect our intimacy levels in the bedroom. Like we need minimum level of participation once we actually make it into the bedroom. Yeah, maybe so. Because we've done so little outside. That's it. I don't know. Let's uh, let's take some time to think about that. Just not on an air, on, on an episode. <laughs> that way uh, we leave all of our uh, fans hanging like, wait, wait, wait. This wait, is wait, an interesting wait. topic now. I need to know more about this. Yes, yeah, so do we. We're going <laughs> to go take this discussion offline. <laughs> Because that was a, you heard a real-time revelation of Gwena going, wait. Is there a connection here? Is there a connection there? Yeah. Is that it? Did we finish? That's it. Can you believe that's uh, episode 19? Is that episode 19? I can't believe we've done 19 episodes. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. 
for those who are still listening at this point, probably not very many of you. Right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make an announcement that uh, I'm going to change up our release date format. So instead of doing this, uh, releasing them every Saturday morning at midnight right. uh, Central Time, as I've been doing. Essentially, it's whenever we feel like releasing yeah, one. I just, I, and that way it's not, I, I know people like it when it's predictable sometimes, but I've also gotten feedback that some people are like, I wish you guys would do more. Right. And so I think we're just going to release them as we as well, we do them. Well, and what that means is um, you might get some little micro episodes in yeah. there. Yep. They're not full half hour, 45 minute experiences. They might be a five, 10 minute might be episode, a five, 10 minute episode. Yeah. Yep. Where we just kind of chit chat for a sec and then move on with our day and let you do the same. Yeah. Yeah. It might be uh, maybe we find a book that we decide we want to uh, address for a moment or a movie or something we've seen. Right. And like, hey. What did you think about that? that right. Game? So, yeah. So, yeah. Yay, more episodes. Yep. Now we get to go uh, pay Daddy Bezos to uh, help us find some movies and uh, that way we can do some reviews and stuff like that. Do you think they have streaming in the space penis? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This has been a production of Pleasant Peasant Media. For questions, suggestions, professions of adoration, or to discuss sponsorship opportunities, email info at pleasantpeasantmedia.com. Dot com.